Hey, Dylan here. Before we roll the intro and get into today's episode, there's something that I quickly want to share with all of you listening to this. So given the current situation in the world, live content is becoming more and more important for SaaS companies right now. Webinars, roundtables, and online events are taking over. And if you've tried running any of these yourself, you know just how difficult they can be. And that's where today's sponsor can help. Restream allows you to broadcast live, engaging video directly from your browser to 30 plus social networks at the same time. They power over 8 million live streams every single month and are already trusted by companies like Cisco, IBM, and Microsoft. And more importantly, I love Restream and I'm using it every single day. So with this sponsorship, they're enabling us to take this podcast and my own live streams to the next level so that we can bring you even better interviews. If you would want to try it out, please visit restree.am forward slash Dylan. That's R-E-S-T-R-E dot A-M forward slash Dylan. It'll take you straight to the homepage and show them that you came from this podcast. They have a great free plan that you can use to test it out. And you'll also get a $10 credit when signing up using that link. So once again, that's restree.am forward slash Dylan. Okay, let's get into today's show and roll the intro. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the SaaS Marketing Show, a weekly podcast for founders and marketers within SaaS and B2B tech. You'll be hearing from senior marketers and founders at some of the most exciting companies in the world. You can expect to hear advice, results of experiments, and exactly what's working behind the scenes of some rapidly growing SaaS and B2B technology companies. No top-level BS, actionable stuff only. My name is Dylan Hay, and I'm one of the co-founders of Hay Digital, a PPC and CRO agency that helps SaaS and B2B technology companies grow. I just happen to also be the host of this show. So when we're not interviewing senior marketers or founders, we'll be sharing behind the scenes of our business and exactly what's working for our own customers, many of whom are just like you listening to this podcast. Okay, let's get into today's show. Are you looking for your next scalable acquisition channel? Something that consistently drives new signups and demo requests. Sounds like it's time to introduce PPC. At Hey Digital, we're experts at helping SaaS and B2B technology companies grow with paid ads. Learn more at heydigital.co. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the SaaS Marketing Show. I'm really excited today to be joined by Azza from UserPilot. He is the head of growth at UserPilot. So UserPilot helps SaaS companies increase adoption by allowing you to trigger the right in-app experience to the right persona at the right stage of their user journey. Azza, I'm super excited to have you here. Welcome to today's show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm looking forward to doing this chat and recording everything and sharing some of your knowledge with everyone watching this, listening to this. Before we get into today's topic, which is going to be the kind of SEO formula and strategies that you guys have been using to help user pilot generate like thousands of additional leads and begin to grow the business pretty drastically, I want to first talk a little bit about user pilot itself. So uh, as I said in the intro, 
lots and lots of people I'm seeing use a pilot starting to become the go-to platform for like in-app experiences. Every time I'm in SaaS growth hacks and someone asks about that, use a pilot pops up. So it shows that you're doing a really solid job of like awareness right now and, and brand building, but maybe you could just give a quick introduction or overview of like what user pilot is and a little bit more about the, the business before we begin. Yeah, sure, for sure. Uh, but before I have a question for you, how uh, long did it take you to learn that intro for user pilot? Because it seemed like <laughs> you really memorized it. <laughs> no, so honestly, I just like to make sure that before we do any of these shows, I spend a good amount of time kind of researching everyone that comes on. Because I think there's nothing worse than if you were to come on and I just don't know anything about you and the business. Like we spend so much time doing stuff that we don't need to do, right? And it's no good for everyone listening. So yeah, I, I spend a little bit of time ahead of each episode and then I have my notes on the screen next to me. But thank you. I'm, I'm, glad, that it, I'm glad that I did a good job of that. <laughs> yeah, great job. Great job. Yeah. So about user pilot. So we are user onboarding product adoption software. Basically, it's, a, it's instead of doing it themselves, the SaaS companies, they can just use on top of a layer on top of their application that basically helps the user activate a feature. So the activation is a biggest metric. And once the users activated, then converting them and then converting to uh, more features and making them activate more features and then eventually showing the different parts of user pilot and not overwhelming the users right away. And user pilot does the messaging part in there. People use it us for different cases. They use it for new user onboarding. They use it for major and minor releases when they have a new feature. They use it for, for, for I use it for my webinar promo as well. People use it for forms so they can ask questions. Microservice, for example. In app training, we have a resource widget. You can just put it on top of your application and they can users can just go and click on um, help documents, user flows that you, they, they created with UserPilot and main basically educational content. So everything in-app education, in-app experience, in-app learning is all about user pilot and and then they can test it as well which flows work and which flows don't work so that's a little bit about user pilot who we really attract and really work with uh, we work with product managers product marketers, and growth marketers and these are three people who really know how to use user pilot well P customer success is also there but these are three personas that are really really using user pilot well and uh, yeah that's a little bit about user pilot thank you for sharing that and i think it's so it's such an important piece of the whole like SaaS marketing and sales flow is trying to get that onboarding. I know you said there's other pieces that you can support with too, but the onboarding is so important, right? Everyone's always trying to bring in more leads and more people to the top of the funnel, but often a lot of the time people aren't spending enough time focusing on giving those leads, those prospects, the best possible experience and the best chance to convert. And I think what you do really ties in extremely nicely to, to that. So I think pretty much anyone listening to the show, because everyone that watches this, listens to this, usually is a SaaS marketer or runs a SaaS business. So they should definitely be checking out UserPilot if they, if they haven't done so already. Now, I know that UserPilot were selected for one of the 29 places from over 3,000 applicants for batch 26 of 500 startups earlier this year. That was quite a mouthful to, to get out, but I was reading an article about it earlier on, and um, I know that 500 startups said the acceptance rate of people who applied was like 1% or less. So that's a pretty impressive achievement in itself. Maybe you could give us a bit more information about where the business is at. Like I know we're not gonna share revenue numbers and stuff like that, but for everyone listening, just so they can get an idea of kind of what stage you guys are at at the moment, that would be really cool. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Doing the research again. I think other podcasters should learn from you, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. So just to give you some understanding, we were one of the best startups in 500, actually. Like everybody was looking up to Userpilot. So we were very late in the process in, in a sense that most of the startups were either pre-revenue or pre-product and some of them were making some revenue. But like for the last one and a half years, since I've been with user pilot, we're growing like 40% in month over month recurring revenue. And we are also this month, like just like these last three, two months where the COVID is happening, unfortunately, we're still growing. We're still growing 20% month over month. So seems like we are solving the right problems for people and they can't take us out from the business. We are around 10, 12 people in the company. I don't know how you count it, but that's the number and we're growing every month. We're still pretty product focused. We we haven't launched on Product Hunt. We haven't done that yet. We still feel that we are still too early for that in a sense that we want to launch something that is like with a big bang rather than just a small product and ask for feedback. So we haven't launched that yet, but in general, business is doing good. Yeah. I know you said you're a fairly lean team at the moment. What does marketing look like and growth? Is that just yourself? Do you have other people helping you out? Oh, what is- we have a couple of contractors okay. who are, who are uh, working as uh, content writers and uh, we have a marketing manager. It's me. So four people we, are, we have there. And then we have a partnership manager who's working with different partners like Mixpanel, Amplitude. Um, so in total, five people. And I think two of them are actually contractors. Awesome. Cool. And so we're going to talk now about the SEO formula and strategy that you guys have been using to generate so much of your pipeline and your leads. Before we jump into that, is, is the SEO and content work that you're doing, is that the biggest driver of um, like new signups and new leads for you guys at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. So around 60 to 55% of our traffic, of our conversions, of our revenues, our, everything comes from SEO. It's the biggest, I would say, lead magnet for us. And the reason why it's because I think it's, it all comes back to who is actually your target market is. And our target market are learners, our product managers who want to Google stuff. You know, how did product manager evolve? Product management evolved by somebody becoming a developer and then didn't loving that job, but like still wanted to uh, do product management. And so they, they as a developer, you you write everything on Google to find answers and that's how they find it. So what we found out product managers don't like to click on ads, don't love that experience. So, and then when I saw my competitors, how they were driving traffic, which is also SEO, which is normal. The good thing is that this space is not as crowded as uh, marketing automation. So mm-hmm. we still have a lot of keywords we, where we can rank on and everybody gets a share out of it. Yeah, and then and that's how it's working for us. And we see that content is the only way, it's one of the only ways that is driving our SEO and our, our efforts towards getting leads. Awesome, cool. Okay, so let's talk about this then. You have a, for everyone that's listening to this, watching this, I'm going to put a link in either the description or the show notes with a blog post on on your website, Azar, where it's you've essentially like broken down your entire uh, strategy to a point and it's really in depth. So I'm going to share that with everybody. Uh, we don't need to cover all of that because I know that everyone's going to go ahead and, and check that out and, uh, and take a look at that blog post, hopefully. But let's start with some of the, uh, I know we have some like do's and don'ts in that post that I want to cover, but first maybe you could give, I know it's hard to give like a top level overview of what your entire strategy is. So I'm not expecting you to do that, but maybe you could give like a, an overview of some of the 
key points of what you guys are focusing on when it comes to um, SEO and content for, for user pilot and what some of the most important activities are that you guys are undertaking with content at the moment. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's, it's kind of also public. I shared it on LinkedIn as well. So the best way to actually start thinking about SEO, any entrepreneur or early stage marketer is there. Like, you should definitely think about in terms of high intent keywords, keywords that will drive traffic to your website. Usually people do landing pages. Uh, they say, hey, we are a user onboarding software and we are this and we are that. But what, what I have done is like, so those high intent keywords, is, for example, let's say a marketing tool, right? So email marketing tool and email marketing software. And um, these are the two high intent keywords. Anybody from the end of the funnel is actually looking for it. So you should first write content for those specific topics and not just write landing page, but also drive, like write a blog post about it because then, and it's totally okay to mention your competitors, to mention other people. What you want to do is like, you want to mention everybody so that it satisfies Google's aim to fulfill searcher's intent, right? And so that's the idea. The idea is to write high intent keyword articles and write it, write it in there because you are probably the market specialist who knows every competitor in and out and every company in and out. And that's what I did. I just did those things and um, started ranking for it. You just, you just Google user onboarding tool. You will just find user pilot second or third. And the second thing is like, instead of writing for landing pages, this is the biggest hack that I can tell you is that instead of writing just landing pages, I think you should also write blogs for alternatives and be honest about it. The reason why I'm ranking on those keywords is because I'm really honest about it. The content is good. The head, header, headline is good. The meta tag is good. And then people click on it. People get value out of it. And even on that page, I make sure that the user experience is good. And in between, like they stay more than two to three minutes, I open a bot and say, hey, would you like to have X competitor alternative sheet? And they say, yeah, I would love to have. So Google recognizes that there's a, the rank print recognizes that somebody is interacting with your page and they're not bouncing off means that this content is good. So, and that was just two, these are two simple strategies that can, you can directly implement and start getting traffic out of it. So that was, these were two. So should I go on or do you want to? No, I actually, I actually want to jump in there because I think this is a really interesting point that you've shared. So I had, or I recorded an interview a couple of days ago with Tim Solo, the CMO at AREFs. And we were, we were talking about their like $7, seven day trial strategy. But one of the things we talked about was their approach to content and to SEO as well. And, and one thing that he said, which kind of aligns with what you're saying too, is that every every post that they're trying to put together for high intent, like bottom of funnel, high buying intent keywords is really focused on useful, helpful, interesting content, as opposed to what most people would do, like you said, which is build out, okay, for user onboarding tools or user onboarding softwares, I'm guessing, and from looking at the Google search just now, most people will build out like a feature page on their website about their user onboarding tool, right? Yeah. Um, so I actually, it's, it's interesting because again, it sounds like a simple piece of advice of like, hey, don't do that. Instead, write out a really useful, helpful blog post. But actually, it's, it's often the like simplest piece of advice that can be the most beneficial sometimes because just looking at the post that you have that's ranking for user onboarding tools, I can see why that's going to be working well for you guys. And I can see how that strategy replicated across 
as many like bottom of funnel keywords as you can identify. Once you build up the volume of that, then it's going to perform really well because hey, look, there might not be the highest search volume for some of these bottom of funnel keywords, but we know that they're going to be so much more likely to convert. So I think it's a it's an interesting strategy for for sure, and I'd encourage anyone listening to this or or watching this to go and check out a few examples of of those that you've done. One question that I have though is like, how do you how do you find the balance between between like quality and, and volume? I know that it, it takes time to build up those initial like organic rankings and some people go down this like super high volume approach and then there's other people that are looking at, okay, we're okay for it to take time because we know that the pieces that we have are so high quality and they're gonna convert so well. Like I know you have a few contract writers and other people that you use, but how, like what does your process look like in terms of, identifying new keywords, putting articles together, like how are you, how are you doing that? So uh, the best way to do is like, just look at competitors, what they are ranking at. And as I said, my market was, I was just lucky that my market was not that crowded. They were just, their domain authority was higher, but my market was not that crowded. And so I, I actually beat like, defeated like Neil Patel's user onboarding tool blog. If you just look at it, you'll find it. And then there was another high domain authority content as well. I just focused like, first of all, high quality content. Like I would just write one blog per week, do the complete research, make comparison charts, make sure that whatever I'm saying is honest and right. And hopefully that will, that will resonate with people. One more thing I can tell you is that those uh, SEO based articles, I did not promote online i did not like i just okay. waited for 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 them to get backlinks from my guest backlink strategy but i did not promote it because i think promoting a user onboarding tool article is not that useful to people if you were mm-hmm. saying hey this is a user onboarding best practices and this is a tool that would make sense but like just promoting that article on social media doesn't make sense because it's it's meant for search engine it's not meant for people so yeah. what i did i just focused on high quality i still have like at least 500 keywords that I want to rank on, but I just, I, I, I've been following Tim as well as there's this other guy called Benji Haim from Grow and Convert. Yep. And yep. both of these guys, I've just looked at their content and, and just followed what they were doing it and made sure that I am aligned with that. And I'm writing the same things and following the same approaches. Obviously I do look at other companies as well and see what they have done. So just like for me, Anybody who's just starting to blog, just focus on bottom of the content first and then start going up. And that was the advice from Benji as well. And one of the things that he also talked about was pain point SEO. And pain point SEO articles are articles that people are not searching for, but there's a pain for it. And so how did I find out those topics? I found out those topics. Like, for example, a simple pain point that you will just Google for now. Say, how do I personalize user onboarding? And you will mm-hmm. not find any keyword. You just say, if you just said personalized user onboarding, you will not find anything. But this was like third or the fourth best article that was ranking on uh, Google for me. And this was just because there's a pain there. It's like, how can I personalize it? And nobody has written an article, nobody's searching for it. So Google doesn't tell you. Mm-hmm. And that strategy also worked really well for me. So I do. So what I did was like initially, um, I started doing interviews to my my target audience, whoever was user at that time. And I asked, Hey, what's your problem? How do you fix these user onboarding issues? And what is still not covered there? And, and that, then those questions and those top of the mind answers were the reasons I made the content around it. And so I made a balance first 
bottom of the funnel content and then pain point ones and combining that together just worked really well. And the third thing what I did was I, I, I wrote like thought leadership articles that would definitely and definitely get shared. So for example, we have this article called five key steps user onboarding. It's, it's a simple article, but that five key steps just makes you okay. You know, I have to just follow five steps and then I'll follow the on user onboarding. So that was just like a couple of articles like these actually got really viral and people started sharing it. And so uh, these were the three ways initially I just thought about. I did not want to overwhelm myself, but first I focused on top of the like bottom of the funnel and then uh, pain point and then the article that would actually be shared by the market. Um, I think yes, yeah, that was the idea. Yeah, I think that's amazing advice. Thank you for sharing that because that's actually a process that us at Hey Digital, at my agency, we're going through something very similar right now. So we're we're relaunching our website in a few weeks' time. Like we've had a blog going for a little bit of time now, but we're building up like articles ready for the new site launch. And we've been following similar kind of strategies from the people that you mentioned, but then also from uh, Chris from Content Mavericks. He's written a lot of posts on sumo.com and everywhere like that. And, and yeah, the pain point SEO is something that I'm really trying to dive into right now. And the way, the way that you said that you're, you've done that and that we're doing that is very, very similar. And I think a lot of people listening to this should take that advice and just um, ask your customers, ask your target market. So for example, on this podcast, one question that I'm starting to ask every single guest that comes on is what's the biggest uh, pain point or struggle that you have within marketing for your SaaS business. I'm asking that at the end of every episode and I'm collecting all of those responses so that I know when we're creating content in the future that we're really focused on stuff that's actually going to be useful for our target market and the people that we're trying to put stuff in front of. So yeah. I think that is a really valuable strategy. And I think anyone listening to this that is investing in content and SEO and hasn't yet gone down that route. As you said, it may not be as easy to get some estimations in terms of like search volumes and stuff like that, but that doesn't necessarily matter for this kind of stuff too, because if someone is searching for this specific pain point and you can help them with that, the value of that over time is like, is pretty much priceless. Yeah. So, just uh, linking back to the pain point topic that you have. So yesterday I was having a big pain and I think nobody has actually written on it. And I have a pain I've told you about like a PPC, something that I'm currently struggling with. And I was looking for SAS PPC standard benchmarks. Mm -hmm. And I want to know, I want to know what is a standard CTR for SAS. I want to know what is a CPC for SAS. I want to know, for example, what's the usual quality, uh, quality score for competitive uh, keywords, like stuff like that, that I, I have and I couldn't find it online. Everybody's just talking about all the industries, but nobody's talking about SaaS itself. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one article that we can definitely go and write. And people who have problems that are coming and since your agency does PPC, this will definitely go in your favor and you will write about it. Maybe it won't rank right away, but like imagine if you can just like talk to like 10, 20, 30 uh, different SaaS people say, hey, can you just quickly fill it out for me just to understand how, what, what your current benchmarks are. And it would, it would be helpful for the bench, benchmarks and it would be helpful for the SEO as well. And yeah, I think that way. Listening to that, I'm like, damn, I wish we'd done that already. But I also know that it's, some, it's like in our plans right now. We've been talking about this a lot internally for the last few weeks because we've already started like we have some SaaS PPC budget posts like that's we've only been doing content for the last couple months. So it's take, obviously it takes time. We're aware of that. But one post that's starting to rank for us is how to calculate your PPC advertising budget. We have one that's related to 
like ad SaaS specific ad examples and now we're starting to build out these other ones so I think in like in three months time when you Google search that question like we'll, we'll probably come up first because as you said there's not too many other people that are focused in this space you and I can have a chat and I can share some of these things with you after this podcast maybe because I can definitely help you out with that but I think that's this is actually a great example of why I do this podcast as well because it's like okay I'm getting advice from from you on how we can do things better within our business but for people listening to that that's also really valuable for them for how they can replicate that within their SaaS. so yeah this is really cool thank you for thank you for sharing this i want to ask you um, a couple questions so you've shared a lot already about the kind of three core pillars of that seo strategy so i'm gonna as i said to everyone watching listening check the link in the show notes and under the description of the youtube video for the full blog post where they can go and read everything that you've put together but I want to ask you from a marketing perspective at UserPilot, what is one thing that you guys are doing right now that you're seeing good success with or you're really proud of in terms of the results that it's generating for you? Other than the CEO part? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm really proud of this, this initiative and that's why that's what I recommended you. So we, we recently in January released a report called the State of SaaS Product Onboarding in 2020. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that research report was done with thousand plus hours of research. Somebody from the team, five people were like signing up to different applications and looking at the onboarding. And then we're looking at, for example, okay, do they have a welcome email? Do they have in-app messages? Do they have bumpers? Do they have some kind of a custom event that pops up automatically and then says, Hey, you've done this now do this. Uh, for example, in HubSpot, uh, when you control C and control V, they will show you a template right away. And that's, a, that's called contextual onboarding. And apparently, there are not enough people searching. So uh, there are only 20 people searching for that specific keyword. And we rank on that as well, just because we care about contextual onboarding. And so that research report was, um, was, did not even have like a, a apparent lead magnet in there, like a, a mm -hmm. form. But that went viral to 20,000 people all over the world. And we got like 1,000 plus leads. We're still getting leads from it. And we, we got like 30 backlinks from that research. So like that one effort, just one simple hack of doing research and doing it right gave us like so many leads. And, and that's what I recommend people to just do this so people can look at it and people can challenge it as well. Nobody has challenged me so far on it, but people can challenge and say, hey, I, I, I believe it and I don't believe it. But the idea is that you either put something controversial or something very claimable that people believe that this is going to be true. And um, I can tell you that it was so good that my competitors uh, also appreciated it as well. So that, it was, that's, that's what I'm really proud of. Like even my competitors like what I'm doing. Awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a great sign too, right? If they're looking up to it and they're like, hey, this is, this is good. Did you, did you host that report like on the user pilot blog on the site or are you marketing that as something totally separate like how did because i know you said there wasn't a direct lead form in there for example how how did you set that whole kind of report up it's, a, it's a simple landing page with a blog format uh, you just userpilot.com slash dash dash product dash onboarding and okay. you just go to the page and in the page it's too long and i know since it's too long and nobody has time to read it i am giving them an infographics and so when they click on infographics they automatically become a lead and um, so I'm, I'm still, I have the, the whole thought leadership report is open. You can just go and read. You don't have to give the email, but I know people are so lazy. <laughs> they will not read the entire report. I just want to have crisp of it. So for that crisp, I just, you know, just took the, took the email address and people are happy to be in our funnel. 
Awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. And I, I, I know we were kind of starting to wrap up, but I want to ask one more question about that because I think it's a really interesting um, strategy that makes a ton of sense. Like I've been doing a lot of talking with other CMOs and like senior marketers on this show. And one recurring theme that I'm seeing is like how important it is and how valuable it is for you guys to actually be putting out content that is valuable for the, for the reader, right? And I know it sounds super simple, but so many of us mess that up and we end up just putting out a lead magnet for the sake of a lead magnet or like a piece of content that we're not really proud of. So it's awesome to hear that you've been doing, like been doing quality content and seeing results from that off the back of it. How did you, how did you market that, that report? Because I know you said there was so much time that went into it. There's, um, it's received a lot of traffic, lots of backlinks, et cetera. How did you go about marketing that report to make sure people discovered it? Yeah, so I would say I did not have that good of marketing plan to launch it. The only thing I had, like, there was a product-led growth summit by Wes Bush. And so what I did was, hey, I will show this report only in that summit first. So I did the summit, I did the content, and then I shared it with people. And like two days, three days later, I shared it like on Growth Hackers. I shared it on, on I think, what's the YC platform called? The um, Hackers, Hacker News. Hacker mm-hmm. News and... Uh, and uh, I also, again, I said I did not have a strategy, but I have friends in SaaS industry. So uh, everybody has a SaaS newsletter, like people at Chart Mogul, people at different newsletter, and then just give, give them a content and they were happy to give them in the newsletter. And somehow it got like, like in the, it started at, like at the end of January and it continued to stay till like top page till like 20th or 30th of February. And that's how it got marketed. And it just, if something is valuable, you don't even have to think about marketing. Like for example, we see as a bandwagon effect, right? I, I have not seen even the content completely, but I know I've seen two to three shows. Something is too valuable. It just gets viral automatically. You don't even have to promote it. it just So that's what I did. And yeah. um, I think I should have a better strategy next time, but like, this, I this think that's the, that's the point that most people miss though, is right. They spend so much time promoting a piece of content, but if the piece of content is, is like, is shitty, like there's no point spending all that time promoting it. If no one's going to spend time and actually enjoy it and use it, because why would someone then, if you put together a piece of content, um, you want to encourage them to go through that and to see value in it, because that's why they're then going to come back to you and try out your, your platform either now or in the future. Right. So yeah, this is really important and some really valuable advice. Like, sorry, I think you've shared some super helpful and insightful stuff on this episode so far. So I want to say a big thank you. As I said, I'm going to make sure I put the link to that blog post of yours in the, in the show notes and in the description. Is there anything else that you, before we wrap this up that you would like to kind of share with people that you guys are working on or something else that you want to make people come and check out? Yeah, yeah. So what we did initially was it was a thought leadership article. What we want to do now is like help our personas. So one of the key persona at Userpilot is, is product uh, managers. And I've been working with a couple of big brand product managers to bring them on board and have a virtual summit. I wanted to do this virtual summit anyway, or without COVID-19. I just wanted to do it anyway because I think it would be helpful. And right now I'm just focusing on making customer experience delightful or user experience delightful because that's what we are good at at the core. So yeah, just doing a product management summit to learn from them, to learn myself. I attend a couple of virtual summit myself. So we're running that summit and we'd love to you know, have people attend that and give us feedback. It would be the first one and it's going to be in June. So I can, I'll give you the link so that people can follow that. And if some of the product marketers are there, there must be, there are topics like, for example, product growth, product operations, activation, management, with how to 
have better management with product. So a lot of different topics from bigger brands. So we're working on that and it will be released soon. So that's, that's the, our next, next marketing project. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for coming on the show today. I really appreciate everything that you've shared with everyone. Yeah, I almost leaked all my strategies, but I think it would be worth it for other people. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yes, Thanks. Thank you so much.